This sermon was recorded at Church of the Ascension, an Anglican parish in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, whose mission is to be a worshipping community that equips God's people and shares Christ's healing with a broken world. For more information, please visit ascensionpittsburgh.org. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would once again speak to us by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We've heard a lot of words this morning, so I'm going to try and sum them up with just one. Passion. Passion is a word that is powerful, evocative, inspiring, haunting, and very stirring. We use that word this morning to speak of the sufferings of Christ in those final hours leading up to and including his crucifixion. Of course, passion has a number of other meanings as well. According to the Merriam-Webster dictionary, these include intense emotion, feeling of conviction, ardent love or affection for a person, activity or object, an outburst of anger, suffering. And so from these various definitions, we can say that passion has a lot to do with love, anger, enthusiasm, emotion, and suffering. Well, there was certainly plenty of passion in the crowds on that first Palm Sunday. A large crowd singing and dancing and shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. And then... Just a few days later, we see a very different sort of passion. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, in emotional agony, as he prays that if it were possible, this cup of suffering and death might be taken away. And as the appointed time grew closer, Jesus surely felt the intensity of what lay ahead of him more and more. St. Luke also tells us that as Jesus prayed, in his anguish, his sweat became like drops of blood falling down on the ground. That is what passion looks like. As Jesus is then betrayed by one of his closest friends, we see a passionate outburst of anger as one of the disciples draws a sword and cuts off an ear of one of the high priest's servants. And then later there is intense enthusiasm in Peter's denial of Jesus. St. Mark tells us that so passionate, so vehement was Peter in his denials that he cursed and swore oaths that he never even knew Jesus. And meanwhile, Jesus is being mocked and beaten, taunted and ridiculed by cowardly soldiers. And then the cock crows and Peter remembers that Jesus had told him that he would deny him. 
And so Peter's passionate denials turn to bitter weeping. Meanwhile, the pain, the humiliation, the the whole business just continues on and on relentlessly for Jesus. Before one court after another, Jesus is falsely accused, treated with contempt, and then put in front of the crowd. The crowd that had so passionately danced and sung and shouted Hosanna now equally passionately shout crucify. Crucify him. Just when it looked as if Pilate might release Jesus, the crowd became all the more passionate, all the more vehement. They were urgent, demanding with loud cries that he should be crucified. And so Jesus is led out to be brutally executed. He is crucified. And with a loud voice, he cries out, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And with that, he died. No wonder we refer to the account of Jesus' last days as the passion. It's hard to conceive of a more passionate story. From start to finish, this account is full of intense, powerful, moving, and compelling feelings and actions. And in these most remarkable events, we catch an extraordinary glimpse of what God is really like. Our God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who raised Jesus from the dead, is a God who suffers and weeps and dies. The suffering of God is not made up. God's suffering, pain, and tears are as real as yours or mine. The nails were real nails. The wounds in his body were real wounds. The thorns in his head were brutally sharp. The lashings of the whip, the spitting, the mocking, the jeering, the humiliation, the betrayal, the nakedness, the shame, all of it so real, so visceral, so crushing, so devastating. This is shocking. This is passion. You know, Christianity is the only religion in the world whose God gets hurt whose God gets stabbed and rides in pain on a cross, who gets whipped, who has wounds in his body, and who shouts his pain in the midst of this suffering on that cross. My God, my God, why? Why have you forsaken me and let me suffer like this? I think for some people their image of God is limited to that of our Father who art in heaven which, of course, is a wonderful image of God that Jesus himself gave to us as he taught us to pray that way. Unless we take that to mean somehow 
that it means that that's where Jesus lives, safely somewhere up there in heaven, where there is no cancer, no accidents, no shame, no rejection, no violence, no disappointments, no divorce, no failure, no racism, no wars. And so for such people, God is like many Americans who move out of the violent neighborhoods to the suburbs. And so they think God has moved to the suburbs in the sky. That's where God lives, up there, where it's safe, removed from all this nastiness. But no, that is not accurate. That does not describe the God who has revealed himself in Jesus. Indeed, the very opposite is true. Our God left the safety, the serenity, the sanity of heaven to come down to this violent neighborhood called earth. God became a real human being and he suffered and died. That is what this Sunday is all about. Passion. And this God, the one true God, our God, is a passionate lover of souls. He loves with a love as strong as death. A love that never ends, never fails, never burns out. And it was with this passion that Jesus willingly went to the cross. And it is this passion that we see again and again throughout the pages of the Bible from the beginning to its end. Our God searching for his people, for you and for me. In the Old Testament, God is described as a lover relentlessly seeking to woo back his unfaithful bride. In the New Testament, Jesus tells stories about wayward and lost sons passionately welcomed and embraced when found. And by the end of the Bible, in the book of Revelation, the story comes to its climax with the wonderful image of Jesus being the bridegroom and we, the church, together, his bride. And yet, notwithstanding all this passion, it is possible today to remain unmoved it's possible for the familiarity, perhaps, of this story, or maybe for the concerns of our own lives, to leave us feeling somehow untouched. Well, let me say this. Whatever you feel today or don't feel today, the passion of Jesus is ultimately not about feelings as we heard read in today's epistle reading, St. Paul tells us that God highly exalted Jesus and one day, regardless of what we believe and no matter how we may feel, every knee will bow at the name of Jesus. Everyone, everyone will acknowledge and declare that Jesus Christ is Lord there is no other name in heaven or on earth by which we can be saved. But today, please know this. Our God 
the God who suffers, the God who went to the cross for you and for me, stands with his arms open and outstretched, inviting you to come home to him, to be forgiven, to receive his love. This invitation is not some mere emotionalist appeal, emotional appeal. Nor is it from a God who stayed dead. Rather, it is from the one who holds the keys to eternal life. Now, you'll need to come back next week for the end of this story. But, uh, spoiler alert, we know how it ends. We know that the cross was not the end. And so this morning, I leave you with this one word. Passion. A word that unlocks the meaning and uniqueness of our Christian faith. A word that describes and reveals God. A word of love. A word of love. A word of hope and grace. A word of challenge. I'm going to close with a prayer. And if you're willing, I invite you to pray with me in the stillness of your own hearts. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I stand in awe of your passion. I am sorry for when I have acted as if none of this happened. I am sorry for the sin in my life that caused you to go to the cross. Thank you for bearing my shame. Cleanse me and heal me. Forgive me. Fill me, I pray, with your Holy Spirit. Lord God, make me passionate for you. Help me to love you with all my heart and with all my soul and with all my strength and with all my mind and to love my neighbor as myself. Amen.